Welcome to Season 2 of the Forrester Baseball Podcast, Behind the Dish, a behind-the-scenes look at Forrester Baseball. Here's your host, Ryan Walker. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Dish. Today, I'm joined by Wabash native and Forrester sophomore catcher, Callan Kelsheimer. Thanks for joining the show, Cal. Thanks for having me. And man, I got to just get right into it. You had a big hit, a huge <laughs> hit, the biggest one of the year so far and by far. Cal, I just I just wanted uh, you to take me through everything that you remember from the moment you walked up to the plate uh, to when you were just bombarded by your teammates in the dugout after the two-run blast that you had to put us in the lead in extras. Well, it's funny you ask because I try and kind of think back about it, and it's hard to remember things just because that whole, I mean, the all the emotions that were happening kind of made me, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I remember I got in the box and Davitt was on first, and he picked over twice, and I could see the grip that he had putting it into his glove before he picked over. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before the pitch that he threw me, it was the same grip, so I knew it was going to be a fastball, so I just kind of tried to sit back on it, and he threw it uh, middle and a little up, and I took it. Is that so where you like it? I did. Well, I did then, I you're guess. Just, you're I just mean, like yeah. fastballs in the zone anywhere, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. So you don't remember rounding the bases at all? Well, no, well, I remember okay. after I didn't think it was gone. I thought I I thought I barreled it, but I thought I hit it to him. Um, I didn't see where he was playing at or mm-hmm. anything like that. I rounded first, and I saw it go over, and so I turned and said some things to the dugout, and <laughs> was I just hyped up a little bit and uh, kept going. And I think all the way around the bases, I was just – yelling or doing something I mean I was acting a fool a little bit but it was fun it so was good. so when I was a player I, I like to try to have you know the straight face I do this all the time but I didn't do it all the time so as soon as I would round third base the straight face would turn into just a beaming smile so did you not hold back were you just like I'm just I'm going I'm going to go crazy or did you try to act like you do this all the time oh no well I don't do it all the time so I didn't know how to act which is the <laughs> thing but I got around third and then we have this celebration with a uh, it's called the Dewey they got the Forrester baseball hat and yeah. they cut the brim off of it and uh we kind of just get hyped in, in the dugout afterwards and so it's I didn't hold anything back. No, not at all. I was going to ask about that. What 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 in the world? Where did that come from? This is the first year we've done it. You got the hat that you have on now. It's it's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a green hat with the H and the axe on it. They cut off the bill and you guys put it on after a home run. Where did where did that come from? I think I think it was uh Ethan Frolkies, if I remember correctly, <laughs> of course from it was. a couple of years ago and <laughs> I think Satchel just cut it off and and it just stuck. We just had it one day and decided to bring it to the game, and yeah. it just started from there. And you guys call it what the Dewey? The Dewey. Why? Why? But I don't know. No idea. Honest. No, it just. If I were to ask somebody, who would I ask to figure that out? Uh, Oy or probably Oy. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I'm not surprised that Ethan Frolke and uh, Owen Young appear in this uh, celebration oh, yeah. thing. Uh, so I mean, I, just a little bit more on that. Let's face it. Uh, we know you've got some pop. You did it last year a little bit at uh, Forest Glen Park, um, but I don't know if anybody expected uh, really anybody to hit a ball like that in that moment. So I, I guess were you surprised when you hit a ball like that in such a clutch situation? Well, this year I've struggled a little bit at the plate, and it's kind of been getting in my head a little bit, I guess. But this past weekend I just told myself to just – just have fun, just go out there and play and mm-hmm. see pitches. But I just wanted to continually see 
pitches have better at bats and and all that and so I got up to the plate um then I get I said I, I knew the fastball was coming whatever but now when I hit it I didn't even think it was out I knew I barreled it mm. and whatnot but I didn't think I'd hit it that far I think the wind had a had a little bit to do with it too kept okay, it up in okay. the air pushed it a little bit but but no it was it was a good time. Very humble guy over here. I, I bet the wind had nothing to do with it. It was all the workouts that Donovan Clark has been putting you guys through. Uh, let's let's flip over to uh, the end of the week here. We've got a huge series against Indiana Wesleyan, um, who's kind of hot right now. They won five in a row before losing. Uh, one, they split the doubleheader against Grace uh, yesterday, and they're knocking on the door. They're tied with us for third in the conference in a very tight race. Uh, how important is this series to you and the team, and are, how excited are you about this matchup? Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a make or break. Honestly, I think we need to. I mean, we gotta at least. I we always predict to get four, and we want to get the sweep and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of similarities between Iwu and us as a team. Um, we're very hot offensively right now, just as they are. Um, so I think honestly, it's going to come down to who scores the most runs and who gets. Um, the outs when they need them and, mm-hmm. and just gets clutch hits. Um, but I think mentally, mentally we're there this week. We've been focused. We've been um, hitting live every day down the field so far. And so um, mentally I think we're prepared for it and just ready to go. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, such a, it's such a fun series. And they've got a guy, Evan Salmon, that's just been smoking the baseball. Mm-hmm. I think he's hit eight home runs and – his last eight games or something like that, he's on fire. So is Ian McCutcheon. That's going to be quite the battle um, this weekend. So come out. It's going to be cold, but, you know, the bats are going to be on fire, mm-hmm. as, as you were talking about before. Um, now, we had a rough go around with them last year. It's really the only team that we struggled with last season. Um, maybe it's one of the reasons why we didn't get in that large bid. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to vouch for you guys, and it just didn't happen. But there was five games where we played. We got swept, and uh, – in the conference series, and then we lost one in the in the postseason tournament. Is there any sense of revenge? Is is that what you're feeling on this team? Is there any revenge that you guys want to get? Well, uh, well, last year during the regular season or whatever, we we lost three games on walk offs. Out of three out of the four games, yep. were walked off. And so Thad even said, I think it was yesterday, said he doesn't even want to talk about it because we should already be gritting our teeth thinking about mm-hmm. playing them and and just what that means for us um and just that revenge that we want to get um so yeah we're 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 ready we're we're hyped up about it um then again it's just like every other weekend we obviously want to sweep whatever but mm-hmm. there's a little something more to more to this series I think because of what happened last year yeah sure thing and this year we get to play them at our place you know last year that all five games were at Iwu the conference tournament ran through Indiana Wesley and they had the ultimate uh, home field advantage. I mean, rightfully so. They're number one in the conference, and they have a good field. Um, but I think playing at home in a big series like this is so important. We have one coming up against Mount Vernon, too, in a couple weeks here that's important. But this is the most important series of the season, and it's at Forest Glen Park. For some reason, I think we play better uh, definitely at Forest Glen Park. There's just something different about it. I'm not going to say you know we can't be beaten there or something like that, but there's times where I'm just looking around like, wow, we really are tough to beat here. Do you do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah. I mean, balls f- seem to fly a little bit further when we're there. Um, the crowd obviously has something to do with it. When all of our families can come and everybody's mm-hmm. there, it's just, I don't know, there's a certain energy to it. Um, gets us ready to play in, 
and we do seem to play a lot better when we're at home. So, mm-hmm. so it's good that we're. I mean, we've had a lot of home. Str- I mean, what is it like five weekends in a row that we've we've been playing at home? Yeah. And so, it's super nice to have that. And it's great because in in the Midwest you can't have home series all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to go to Arizona and Alabama and every which way to to go play some games and uh yeah having a bunch of home series in a row is is terrific but then we end the season on the road which is tough as well uh but a challenge that you guys are up for of course um and let's let's get a little bit more uh talking about you last year into this year freshman catcher you know that's a position that's very vocal it's a it's a leadership position i thought you handled it uh really well uh, and this year, I think you're doing a great job uh, behind the plate as well, or behind the dish. Uh, no pun intended. Pun <laughs> absolutely intended. Uh, so, what is something that you learn, I guess, in your freshman year? You kind of just got thrown into the fire. Um, you started probably three of the four, I would say, games behind the plate, if not two of the four games behind the plate as a freshman. What did you learn in that first year that you built on this year as you were more prepared as a sophomore? Well, I think most of all, I just the comfortability that goes with it. Obviously, last year, my first year and coming in, you're obviously scared or not scared, but just kind of hesitant um, and don't want to mess up. And those thoughts are going through your head. Um, and so just seeing everybody else play, I mean, there's a lot of guys who have been here for a while um, who are good leaders. Mm-hmm. And just seeing how they go about things and then um, just applying, like, just be comfortable, just be ready. I mean, you've been playing. I've been playing this game since I was four years old, and so it's it's nothing new. Obviously, uh, circumstances can arise when when it gets a little more difficult and whatnot. But but just have fun and and be comfortable. Yeah, you mentioned comfortable. I bet it was a little uncomfortable when they threw you out in the outfield <laughs> last season. I'm sure you've played out there before. I've said it a couple times on broadcasts, and I don't know if Coach Abbott's even heard of this but I I talked to him um after the first week of hell week and you know we we saw what some of the freshmen can do last year and you know you were running around with the the two mile run or whatever we were doing and and you were kicking it you know um and coach Abbott says yeah that guy runs like a deer (laughs) okay well he's a catcher so that's not gonna matter very much well they threw him out in left field um did you enjoy that at all? Did you just kind of go, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out here and play, or are you glad that you're back in the catching role? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, if I can play, I'm gonna be happy about it. What not? Yeah. It was a big adjustment because I honestly didn't. I mean, I played a little bit in summer ball and like high school and stuff, but I predominantly just caught, and so switching out there is it was different, um, and I looked a little funky at times. Uh, chasing down balls and stuff but but it's good but I, I like I like catching more just because you're in it all the time there's mm-hmm. always something to do um, and you're kind of kind of the commander the leader a little mm-hmm. bit and, and I like having that role mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely can tell just with your personality you like to you like to be the vocal leader and you do a really good job at that just being a sophomore it's incredible to see um, the strides that you take from Last year, you still, I think, were a very vocal leader on the team. I mean, you had Eli Canoose to sit behind, too, and he's a very vocal leader on this team. So it's really cool to see the strides that you made there. So now I always uh, end on a fun question, and I told you I was going to throw you a curveball here because mm-hmm. last year when we did an interview on Rooted, you threw me a curveball with your career. You told me you want to get involved with missions, and then you go, yeah, and maybe maybe after that I'll do some crop dusting. <laughs> 
So I got to ask, has that changed since then? Because I've talked to Ireland a couple different times, and mm-hmm. I was like, he, he just kind of threw that out there, and she said he's always changing his mind. So yeah. I got to ask. Has it changed? Is there still some interest in both of those fields, or what's what's going on in the head of Callan Kelsheimer? So, as of right now, I'm getting my ministry degree, um, and I think God's really called me to like being a chaplain in the military. Wow. Um, and so right now, that's the that's the plan. Right now, I, I'm in contact with a guy who's trying to help me out, like get to know what to do, and mm-hmm. I think I got to get my master's in divinity and and all that jazz but my brother he's lives in germany he's marrying a german girl and so he's over there right now Mm -hmm. but he said they're going to move back here and he wants to start a farm Mm. um and so the plan (laughs) is (laughs) as of right now do 20 years retire through the military and then after that i do all the farming and Wow, crop dusting you've got that. it all set up, man. Yeah. 20 years down the road, <laughs> Callan already knows exactly what he's doing, throwing the whole baseball career out. As soon as I'm done here, boom, we're going doing this. That's <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you figured it out your sophomore year. I'm sitting here in one more month before I graduate. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Carson's kind of the same way. So, uh, well, hey, Cal, I, I appreciate you joining the show, man, for the first time but we did rooted episode mm-hmm. for so technically the second time i appreciate uh, everything that you do yeah thank you i appreciate it thank you for tuning into our player interview here on behind the dish now let's bring in carson watkins to talk more about forster baseball hello everyone and welcome to part two of behind the dish where we bring in Carson watkins and you may be thinking well there's not a ton to talk about there was just two games in between uh, the last podcast. Well, no, we have a ton of things to talk about, including those two games and the series coming up and everything that's coming after that because Forest Glen Park will be shut down for the season in two weeks here. And it's like, geez, oh, Pete, we just started. So, Carson, thanks for joining the show and welcome. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. And what we're going to talk about first here, of course, is the Marion series where the Foresters had the doubleheader sweep. They'll play again next Monday to finish that series, and before that, we'll play Indiana Wesleyan. But right now, as far as the standings go, Foresters are tied for third with Iwu, who is coming to town Friday and Saturday. At least, that's what we think is going to be happening. It's going to be cold, maybe some rain, maybe some snow. You just never know. It's uh, the Midwest. So. Hey, if, if even a game gets postponed, we can extend the shelf life of Forest Glen this year. So, oh yeah, who I, knows? Yeah, My goodness, true. it's been it's been a whirlwind. Just trying to keep up with everything. I mean, it hasn't impacted our our schedule too much. But my goodness, almost every game being postponed, moved to different cities. It's just it's been a lot. But mid, like you said, Midwest baseball. Oh, I know. And the Crossroads League is. Just in shambles, as I said last week. Of you know, Iwu played yesterday. You'll be hearing this Thursday or Friday when this comes out. But Indiana Wesleyan played on Monday in their doubleheader, and I didn't even realize that. And they split with Grace, which helps Huntington because if Iwu would have won, they would have been up by uh, a half game to Huntington coming into the series. But instead, we get a clean slate with four games coming up here this weekend, presumably so. <laughs> Huntington uh, is three games back, just like Indiana Wesleyan is to Mount Vernon Nazarene and Taylor, who has receiving votes, have a pretty decent record on the year, uh, the two of them, and it's really going to be a dogfight until the end of the season. Of course, the Forest Rivers have already played the Trojans, but they still have a series coming up in two or three weeks against Mount Vernon. 
pending weather, whatever, you know, this pending a whole bunch of different things. But offense is hot right now. The last nine games, ten and a half runs per game. They've scored up to what, 14, 15, 16, and a couple of those. They've had 10-plus runs in a bunch of games, and it's really kind of carrying this team as the pitching continues to uh, get a little bit ran over by injuries, and that just really stinks because there's a ton of guys on this team um, that can be able to do it. Tyler Pappenbrock being the latest, who was on fire for the last couple of starts, goes down with injury. We hope uh, that he can come back this season, but just hope that he is healthy and it's not something super serious so there's that of course Brent Turner we probably say it on a weekly basis it's not easy to lose someone like that and you know who knows we had a lot of guys on short rest that had to go out there and throw on Saturday who I thought did a pretty decent job at keeping us in the game and we did get the two wins which was really nice so Carson I don't know if you've got a couple numbers over there that you're working on uh, but what do you see? Because we weren't able to go to the games, so we just had to kind of watch from afar. Yeah, we're watching numbers. i got to give a lot of credit to Noah Arbuckle and Cam Dice for going out. Uh, Cam Dice especially, eight strikeouts and 31 at-bats. And uh, Noah Arbuckle only gave up three hits, only 1K, but those three, only three hits, that's huge. And also got to give a huge shout-out to... Joey Butts as well. I mean, he had a great outing after pitching. What was it? Tuesday night, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Three days of full rest. That's yeah, it. three full days of rest. And you know, we talked. I talked to him after the game. He goes, oh, "Yeah, it's going to be real interesting going on um three days rest." I'm like, yeah, it is. And I thought with the game being postponed to Friday, they'd move his start back, but nope. They decided he was going to go out on Saturday. Got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, Dan Daniel Lichty, of course raked when does he not uh mm-hmm. got the scoring started off and i believe game two with a single to left center uh got a double he led the team in doubles this weekend uh mac Mosier drawing a walk in the fifth inning to start a little bit of a forester rally uh let's see here who else uh ian mccutcheon singling the center stealing second langston ginder singling down the line great fifth inning um and also, just a good job by the Foresters. We talked about it. They had one blow-up inning. That was actually the bottom of the fifth. Seven runs, but it did not deter them. They, Finally. They, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it did not deter them. They, uh, they're they watching that. They're keeping that in mind. But, yeah, really good weekend. Um, wish we could have been there. It is what it is. Them's, them's the breaks, but... Really happy the guys got the sweep. Yeah, just had too many guys, too many people in the press box. Didn't have any room for Carson and I to do a uh, little radio broadcast, so we decided just to take the take the weekend off and and we probably and, uh, needed just, it too. just prepare for Indiana Wesleyan coming up this week. So, yeah, I mean Ian McCutcheon has been incredible. I mean his his uh, his last last games against Marion, he went five for nine, had eight RBIs, did get caught stealing one time, did mm. have a stolen base though. Man, another three-run bomb in game two of that game. Jarrett Gray also hit a home run. Matt Wolf did in the first game. And, of course, we just heard from Callan Kelsheimer hitting the biggest home run of the year. This the It was the it was the most important swing of the season for the Foresters, that go-ahead two-run shot in the top of the eighth, which was extra innings in game two. And then the Foresters slammed the door shut to ultimately sweep the doubleheader. Now, they have to play Marion next Monday pitching is going to be just 
terrific to go through, especially if you play all of those games on Friday, Saturday, and then going over to Monday, which Monday looks like rain now. I don't know. We're so many days out. I'm just I'm not going to look at the weather until I have to. But I was coming in here. Let's preview the series a little bit, Carson. This is a series that is so important for so many reasons. Obviously, we're tied in the standing, so it could have uh, seating uh, implications to it, trying to, you know, trying to get in first. But two teams that I, I, wouldn't, I would say are really competitive. I wouldn't say they hate each other or anything like that. But there's definitely some extra oomph, I think, to, to beat each other. I, I will, you know, they got to see uh, us dogpile on their field my freshman year as we won the conference. And then the next full season later, they did it to us. Not They didn't clinch it when we were there, but they took it from us. We were in third last year, uh, but they beat us all five times last year. Every game except for one was close. The one was a blowout, which was incredible. It was weird because the rest of the series was so deadlock. Even walk-offs and stuff like that for Iwoo. They just, you know, anytime we would score, they would just get right back at it. So, We'll preview the series a little bit. Carson, uh, how excited are you for this series, man? My goodness, I've been waiting for this one ever since I saw it on the schedule. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. And like you mentioned, you actually mentioned those five games. They're actually on a six-game winning streak against the Foresters. You forgot about the 20, 2019 season. Yeah, I was just talking about <clears throat> it in general yeah. last year. Yeah, just the five games. Um, one thing we have talked about, though, is um, how great it is to play at Forest Glen Park. Um, Indiana Wesleyan's 13-21 at their home field. It's deadlocked at 12 apiece at Forest Glen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see a home series here. It's going to be freezing cold. But Again. just playing it at home, as Callan was saying, you know, there's just something about it. You know, the, the field is great and all that. But, you know, sometimes a, a field will just translate winning for somebody. You know, nobody says, oh, they play in a beautiful ballpark. That's why they win. I don't think anybody's going to go out and say that, but for some reason, just the atmosphere, the environment, I just feel like we play better. I don't, I don't really know why, but it's just kind of the feeling and the fact that Indiana Wesleyan's finally coming here for the first time since probably the 2018 season. Yeah, I believe so. So it's been a long time. I uh, get to host the Wildcats, a, a, you know, a program that just dominates all sports and stuff like that, and and it's just going to be a battle of the Titans, and they're really kind of similar this year, Carson, pitching for both teams. ERA's a little bit higher than what they would have liked, and the lineups are crazy good. I mean, I don't think there's a guy uh, in Indiana Wesleyan's lineup, maybe one or two guys that hit below 300, but they lead the Crossroads League in batting average. They lead the Crossroads League in home runs, and then you've got Huntington, who's got a pretty similar style, at least in the lineup. You got a ton of guys hitting over 300. Ian McCutcheon's on fire and stuff like that. You know, I guess it's just going to be a battle of who does it better, Carson. I, I guess. Yeah, uh, one one person, uh, Blinn Denver. Uh, Denver, Denver Blinn. Blinn. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's, it's flipped there. Uh, batting 376 with a 1.133 on base percentage, uh, 85 hits. Uh, 51 RBIs, 10 homers, uh, and then MJ Stolva, another guy who's just absolutely raking right now. He's also batting 376 with a 990 on base percentage, 
with 71 hits, 17 of them doubles and four triples with two long balls. And I'm I'm glad you didn't bring it up yet because I wanted to set it up where I, I sent uh, our producer, Dylan Herring, a uh, graphic idea, Battle of the Bats or something like that. They'll probably figure out something cooler than what I found out. But between Ian McCutcheon and Evan Salmon, Evan Salmon, of course, number one in the Crossroads League in home runs. He has 16. That's six more than anybody else. And he's third in the Crossroads League in RBIs. He's got 45. And on the season, he's hitting 381. And, uh, yeah, his last eight games, eight home runs. So half of his home runs have come in the last eight games. Iwu has been hot. So is he. Those two probably go together really well. And it's really going to be the battle of him and Ian McCutcheon, I think. You know, who can out, I guess, power one another. You know, Ian McCutcheon is um, he's a five-tool player. And I wouldn't necessarily say power is his best attribute, but he does have really good power. Evan Salmon seems like he's a really, really strong power hitter, also can hit for average. I am really looking forward to this matchup. Yeah, I just, like I said, this series is going to be so much fun. I Hopefully the weather cooperates a little bit. I know it's probably not going to be super warm, but keep the rain, snow away. Maybe a little bit of sunshine would be nice, but my goodness, I don't think you know anything could cool down those bats, though. Yeah, and something to note, Bryce Ginder. Catcher, junior, he splits the catching duties uh, with, uh, I can't remember his name here, Kobe Jenkins as well. They split the DH and catching duties. It's always good to have your catcher who can hit baseballs, Kellen Kelsheimer's two-run home run. So looking at that, you got Langston Ginder and his cousin playing with him, which is really cool. So we'll have to watch out for that as Langston will go up to the plate and Bryce Ginder will be behind the dish. So that's really cool. How many times am I going to say that? I was there? just thinking that. <laughs> but you look at uh, you look at Indiana Wesleyan's uh, ERA, and it's in the in the mid eights, and that's not great. You know, neither is Huntington's, but they have guys like Hunter Hoffman, who's a tall, lanky, six seven. Uh, they listed him as a freshman last year, and now they have him as a junior. So I'm not exactly sure. Um, last year he was on the Crossroads League first team, and uh, on the season. Two and one, eight starts, three, two, four ERA, strikes out a ton of guys, does not walk a ton of people. And uh, Jake Engelkest does kind of more of the same thing. And uh, Brendan Moorhead does a lot of the same thing as well. Three guys that are really, really, really good in this pitching rotation. It'll be interesting to see how Huntington handles that as they've seen some decent pitching this year, but we'll see about these guys coming up here. I remember Ottawa, when we were playing them, they had three studs. Handled them pretty well, but we're now in the middle of the season, and I think they've improved a lot with the bats since then. So it'll be a really interesting series, but Iwu is loaded from top to bottom. Um, Huntington's kind of loaded top to bottom as well. This is really just going to be a clash. You know, you could say clash of the Titans, but, you know, it's the third and fourth place teams. But this is a really interesting matchup. Yeah, it really is going to be, and like you said, I mean, I'd consider them Titans, especially, I mean, Spring Arbor's in fifth, and they're like four games out. So that that top one through four, yeah. not, not to say that that's going to be, you know, like that could be taken in a moment's notice with a sweep and a, you know, just a bad weekend, but my goodness, you know, like like uh, like Callan said, you know, they're, they're aiming for the sweep, that's, that's the expectation, that's the prediction, and the sweep, 
you know, would get you closer. We're four games out of Taylor and Mount Vernon, who are tied right now. So, you know, anything can happen. I mean, this is just so exciting. It was just crazy to see a team like St. Francis, who was so good, and a team that you split with, and then just all of a sudden getting swept by Iwu, who Iwu just kind of annihilated them uh, last weekend. And, you know, that kind of that kind of scares you for a second because Iwu looks they're, – they're about a 500 team this year in the Crossroads League. They're 13-7, and seven, but overall – uh, they're kind of a 500 team, which was not expected. They lost 14 games last year. They're 44 and 14, I believe, and they only lost four in the Crossroads League last year. They already have seven. So something has been taken back from them. I don't really know what that is. Is it pitching? I don't know. It certainly isn't the lineup, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. They're really good with that lineup. So it's going to be a fun, fun series. But man, I'll tell you what, the Huntington when they played their games against Spring Arbor and we're celebrating that we got them in, and then we postponed the Marion series, and all of a sudden that schedule does not look very good with the weather that could be happening this weekend as you've got a high of 41 on Friday so far with the snow and rain. you got to play those Friday and Saturday, take a day off, then Marion is coming up here at Forest Glen Park, and then we're scheduled for the next day to play Manchester, yeah, which says canceled now, so I didn't see that until now. Okay. Um, so there's that. You get a little bit of break, and then you play Bethel on Friday and Saturday, and that ends out the Forest Glen Park home home league this year. That's crazy, and it's even. I was actually talking to my dad about it. He was like, he he almost got a little bit angry, and he's like, "Why on earth? It, it, in the middle of April? What?" Oh, just, I know. Every year, though, man. I know, but here's the thing. Well, for one, the weather the, it just has not been the best spring. I mean, last year was an amazing spring. And this, this, it really uh, was. it really, I know. It's, I was thinking about it. I was like, geez, the spring just has not been as cooperative. There's only two more series left after that. And it's just so crazy to think about just like this season flew by. I feel like, I, and you know, I think part of that was our schedule with basketball, right? Yeah. I think kind of just, you know, we were down the stretch with basketball in the national tournament and, you know, we were on the road almost every week and at home and yep. just kind of the way we were being thrown around with the basketball team. And then, you know, we go on, we go, we go to the national tournament, get back Tuesday or Monday for from the national tournament. And then you were playing Taylor at home and you were there. I, I unfortunately couldn't make it, but you were there. And then, uh, and then we came back, that game was postponed. We played, I believe that Monday game, like literally right after spring break and we have not stopped since, and it's just been so wild. I know, and, and it stinks with all the weather and stuff. You have to cram the baseball season into like two and a half to three months. You know, basketball and other indoor sports are, are lucky because they can they can kind of spread it out. And even you know, soccer, I mean, you start, I mean, yeah, I, I, I always yeah, joke. good weather. Yeah, I always joke exactly. around with um, our, our FDN sports friends. I always find it funny because, like, the first soccer game we do, like, we have fans out there. By the end, by the Crossroads League tournament, like, I'm, I'm in a – sport coat and yeah like a heavy 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 coat with a bunch of layers on but you know even like you know early november is not horrible if the snow stays away but like you said when you're trying to cram an entire baseball season into two and a half months and then you live in the midwest (laughs) yeah that's just how it goes yeah i guess It, it stinks and we haven't really had other than the grace series which of course was spring break so nobody was here but that was that was the best series to have good weather, and mm-hmm. we did. And we haven't really had good weather since. And that just 
it just stinks because you love to have all these fans out coming out to Forest Glen Park. You know, I, I see people in the fall and the winter, hey, can't wait for baseball season, go out and watch a game, get my hammock out. Uh, well, you left out the part where the snow was falling and it's 40 degrees outside. <laughs> so, uh, and, I, the, the, I, and I feel bad for the guys, too. I mean, it's not fun to have to put on like 10 layers to go out and play baseball. Oh, I know. After waiting for so long. I know. You know, you come here and... Uh, in, in late August, and you practice, and, and you scrimmage, and you do all these workouts and stuff only to get rewarded with this weather. And before a blink of an eye, your home series are almost gone, and you haven't really been able to play in, like, a, you know, your your jersey-only short-sleeve T-shirt except for the Grace series. And it's it's like, seriously, come on, weather, let's go. Come on, you almost wish you could move Huntington, Indiana to, like, Huntington – Florida Huntington, or Huntington Beach, California. Yeah, Huntington. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, all right, we won't bombard you with too much weather stuff. It's super depressing. Uh, but, hey, Carson, thanks for joining the show. We'll be on the call, play-by-play, and color commentary on Friday and Saturday or whenever they play the games, hopefully. Yeah, just just, just stay focused on Twitter and the uh, yeah. just, just look at Twitter and look at the AG Athletics page because yeah. this is going to be a very unpredictable couple weeks. Yeah, you know where to look. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all the time. So, all right. Well, Carson, thanks for joining. We will see you on Friday. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Forrester Baseball Podcast, Behind the Dish. For more episodes, head over to Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has been Ryan Walker, and as always, Hum Foresters.